BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. I'm Rachel True. And I'm Trent Venegas. And you're listening to Quoting Gene Roddenberry. The 100-day podcast that celebrates what would have been the 100th birthday of the man that created Star Trek. Each day between now and the end of our podcast, August 19th, one of Star Trek's biggest icons, or celebrity fans, or both, will be quoting Gene Roddenberry. Then we're going to take a deep dive into why we think this sci-fi legend still has a lot to say to the world. by Seinfeld royalty and Star Trek Voyager alumni, Jason Alexander. My other thought brings a pleased smile. It turns out the Trekkies have been right all along and on nearly everything that they have tried to tell us. Welcome back to Quoting Gene Roddenberry, and it is my pleasure one more time to welcome our guest host this week, Gene Roddenberry's son, Rod Roddenberry, is with us this week. Rod, welcome to the show. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for having me back again. And we are counting down to the 100th days of Gene Roddenberry quotes, and we're so close to the end, and I don't want it to end. But this quote, I cannot wait to jump in and talk about it. So if you don't mind, I'm going to jump right in. And this idea that Gene talks about, uh, my other thought at this moment brings a pleased smile. And I thought about that, you know, when you think about like, everybody knows what a smile is and a smile is like a, a quick facelift for, for, you know, a grumpy Gus and, and however, however you want to say, um, like how fun and how nice smiles are. I never really thought about the fact of what a pleased smile is until I heard and read this quote and when you think about the idea of a pleased smile, that's a smile that you do for yourself. You're not necessarily smiling to, you know, as in a hello to someone else or as a, an acknowledgement of something. Or I was actually or, just doing it. Sorry to interrupt, but I was I was pleased yeah, smile for myself. Yeah, and, it's like, and you're describing like, exactly what I'm feeling. Go ahead. <laughs> like when I think about a pleased smile, it's like it's something dawns on you and you like look kind of like off camera as if you're on camera and you just smile to yourself. And that's what a pleased smile is to me. And it just evokes such a wonderful turn of phrase that uh, Rod, your father, is so good at, like his way with words. He's a wordsmith. And um, it, it's just such a charming, another charming turn of phrase. And and now it's one of my new favorites of, of all of the quotes that we've discussed so far. Well, I think there's a marked lack of hubris in these quotes, Rod. You know what I mean? Seriously. Uh, and, you know, again, we don't know what anyone's like when they're not, but we know enough about your father's ethos, thoughts and ideas after a hundred quotes mm -hmm. to know that this was actually who he was and a part of who he was. Because in an earlier episode, Rod described all the things his father had done before even becoming involved in television. And like, I'm impressed if I make it to the bank and do the dishes in one day. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, I'm a fighter pilot. I'm a cop. I save people. I My plane went to, it was incredible. Mm -hmm. So all of those experiences, I think, do lead to being less in our ego and being uh, more humble. And you've, you've kind of hearkened to it a little bit yourself, Rob, when you've talked about our connection. 
mm-hmm. to other people. You can't be hubristastic and feel connected to other people, right? Because then it's only you. You are the only special person. But I love in this quote that literally it's like, like you said, Trent, a please smile. There's something kind of quiet and delightful about mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. But let's talk Trekkies versus Trekkers because this is an important topic <laughs> from what I've heard. Well, Thoughts, uh, gentlemen. I, I just want to jump in. I know you guys have talked about it before, but uh, I know I know Trekkies kind of got this sort of uh, negative uh, connotation over the years and, and someone decided to bring in Trekkers and, and decided mm-hmm. to make a distinction. Uh, first of all, in my opinion, there is no distinction. Secondly, Trekkies should be damn proud to be Trekkies. I'm more than happy to be a Trekkie. Call me whatever you want. Uh, but um, I, I, I don't know if there needs to be a distinction. Uh, Trent, is, is there, there a one? controversy? I mean, is there a controversy over this? I mean, in any fandom, there are always going to be controversy. Like, of course, fa- if there's one thing that fans love to do, even among things that they love, it's to argue <laughs> with one another about them. So I, I, I think that we can all agree on that. Would you say Trekkies take it too seriously and Trekkers are like the right amount? Uh, Honestly, I, I, I think I think I think it's the other way around. I think it's the Trekkers, and and let me preface this by saying, like, I just like the word Trekker more mm-hmm. than Trekkie, so I considered myself a Trekker. Why? Because Trekkers active, like Trekkie is kind of passive, and Trekker is like I'm on a Trekker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. also like Trekkie also seems kind of diminutive, you know, like the, the little e at the end. But if I'm being honest, I feel like Trekkers are so serious, you know, it's like maybe trying to be more steadfast to like the prime directive and like the way things are. No, like in this episode, episode number three, season four, whatever, star date, whatever, stuff that I honestly don't know off the top of my head. Whereas I think Trekkies are maybe like more freewheeling and and happy-go-lucky and are just happy to just be a fan of, you know, they just love it. They don't have to prove that they love it. (laughs) Wait, well, okay, question to bring it back to the quote. What do you two uh, gentle sirs think that your dad meant when he says it turns out the Trekkies or Trekkers have been right all along on nearly everything they tried to tell us. What do you think he's talking about there? Well, if I can just first jump in, I I do love the fact, and I think this is my own interpretation. And once again, I'm getting things from you guys that I really haven't come up with on my own yet, but um, (laughs) that he's really bridging the gap between fans and writers and producers. There is such a Hollywood, well, I guess any industry, you have to be trained, absolutely. You have to have skills, you have to have knowledge. That's how you become the head of your industry. And that is 100% true in many ways. But in Hollywood- Except when it's not, right? right? Like, except when it's not. Hollywood, it becomes maybe a little bit more ego and a little bit more, you know, I'm a writer, I'm a producer, I'm a whatever. Wait, did you say, I'm sorry to interrupt, but did you say a little? Yeah, a little. I did say say a little. I I I guess I was probably trying to be nice. (laughs) I, I, I have seen, my father has seen, we have all seen people with incredible talent all around the world, whether it's YouTube, whether it's whatever you see out there. There are incredible writers, incredible actors, incredible athletes, you name it. And, and they don't, they're not on a team. They're not producing television, but they damn well should be. I mean, they're, they're incredible. And my father is saying that about fans. Maybe not all yes. of them, but there are many mm-hmm. fans out there who don't have, who aren't in Hollywood, who don't have a famous last name, who weren't born the son of, who haven't gotten in there yet. But you know what? They have incredible ideas and they're just as intelligent when it comes to Star Trek 
as many of the people that work on Star Trek. I'm not putting down mm-hmm. people who work on Star Trek. I'm saying there are a lot of people out there that know what Star Trek is and can make great Star Trek. That's really generous of you, though. That's very much in line with what your father would, would have said. Oh, absolutely. Have you seen it? The two things that that kind of like triggered in my mind as you were speaking, Rod, is like one, uh, we had a previous quote where Gene, your father spoke in defense of the much maligned common man, the common audience. You know, he realized that the viewers and the fans of the show uh, were not given necessarily the respect that he gave to them. And if I think about the fact that, uh, you know, Gene saying that he is a lover of humanity, yes, and he probably loved, you know, Trek fans just a little bit more because they they were with him from the beginning. And then that also reminds me of the letter writing campaign that the fans took up when Star Trek was in, uh, in danger of being canceled during the initial run. And it was because the fans fought to have Star Trek live on. And so he understood, I think, that the fans get it. The fans get it. The fans, this is why it's, this is work 55 years later. And we are talking about this so passionately. And there was a convention that took place in Las Vegas just last week to celebrate this story, this future, these characters that were created by your father, Gene Roddenberry, and all the wonderful uh, Star Trek writers. And fans get it. We uh, and and you know if if they're going to be heralds for that future that we look toward, where you know we eradicate hunger and we get rid of the monetary system, it's going to be the people that get it that get these lessons that Star Trek is teaching us and has been teaching us for fifty five years. Those are the people. Gene's right; it's the Trekkies. We've been right nearly about about nearly everything. And and, and that's the distinction. And I'm so glad you made it. Uh, it's, it's the people who get it, the people who understand Star Trek. Now, Star Wars has tons of fans and I'm not putting Star mm-hmm. Wars down. I love Star Wars. When I was a kid, mm-hmm. I saw way more Star Wars than I, than Star Trek. <laughs> but the, the difference is these people don't just love the characters because it's an awesome, fun adventure. They love the idea that these characters embody and the future that they live in and also want to live in that future and perhaps be uh, as intellectually evolved as some of those characters. And I'm not saying yes. we aren't. I'm just saying we're not there yet. We're still in our adolescence, as we said before. Mm-hmm. So that's the, the distinction. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, that was such a good point. Trent, sorry, go ahead, Trent. No, I was going to say, so, you know, I also love Star Wars. I love a lot of other fantasy and sci-fi series, books, comics, cartoons. When I think about like, and and not to make this an either or or comparison, Mm -hmm. but since we brought it up, Rod, (laughs) I love the Star Wars franchise. I love Grogu, Baby Yoda, cutest thing ever. Mm -hmm. Love it. Mm -hmm. But those movies to me, are very entertaining stories that I can watch over and over and over again. And they're like very encapsulated in its little world. Like, I don't think I'm going to be like, you know, Jedi mind tricking my way across the galaxy necessarily, because that to me is like fantasy as opposed to science fiction, which Star Trek is, where even the, you know, they talk about scientific things. They talk about invented science. So we don't have replicators yet. We don't have warp speed yet. We don't have transporter technology yet. But we also didn't have iPads before the pad right. in, mm-hmm. in Star Trek The Next Generation. So for me, sci-fi and stories like Star Trek are much more beloved to me because there's more a tangible aspect of them that I can see myself in. And it actually gives me hope for that reality to maybe one day come to be. 
Couldn't agree more. I think both, all, a lot of these shows that we're talking about do a tremendous job of covering like the every man's hero's journey. Because I yeah. think Star Trek, uh, Star Wars does break that down in Joseph Campbell way real well. For sure. But so does every episode of Star Trek. Mm-hmm. I mean, each one is the hero's journey, right? And um, I kind of had a twofold question for Rod, which is I watched it like the originals because I'm a grown up people. The original <laughs> Star Trek, I was uh, were the repeats, at least yeah. I was sat in front of him were my babysitter, yeah. you know, so at a very young age, I was absorbing your dad's stories from the original series and the lessons I was supposed to learn. I heard a little rumor. Oh, you didn't watch so much of it until you were older. And so I know that I absorbed this, synthesized this stuff as a small child. And that was really good for me as a black woman at that time period, mm-hmm. by the way. What yeah. do you think you took away? This is twofold. I want to know what you took, what you think you took away from it as an adult compared to someone who watched it as a little kid. But also, per this quote, we didn't really tap into the... Uh, the very end of it, it says, on nearly everything the Trekkies have tried to tell us. What do you think your dad meant about that? And then what did you take away from Star Trek as a, a teen or whatever age you were when you started really digging it? Well, uh, I mean, just to, to answer part of that first, it goes back to, I think, again, what, what Trent was saying, that the fans who get it. I mean, my father truly believes we're capable of living in a Star Trek future. That doesn't mean we have to have something called Starfleet and the Federation, but a future where we no longer fear difference and change, where we crave diversity, where we seek it out, where walking down the street and seeing someone who looks different, talks different, and thinks differently from you is something that you're excited to go engage with as opposed to, Mm -hmm. you know, crouch up in in fear and, and try to cross the street and get away from. It's true, you don't meet too many skinhead uh, Trekkies, by the way. No. They're pretty open-minded. Like, <laughs> you know well, what I mean, though? Yes. They're open-minded. No, you're, 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 you're absolutely right. He really kind of knew that the fans out there who got that, he got enough letters, he got enough fan mail, he read stuff. There's a, there's, it's not a quote that I don't, we didn't read it, but my father talks in one of his speeches or an interview where he says that he gets letters from high school kids or college kids and sends them to Caltech because they're they're talking about ways of doing new, I can't remember what it was, you know, quantum physics or something like that. And he has to give it to a scientist to verify it so that he can actually see if he can incorporate it into the show. So he has wow. had this incredible opportunity by making Star Trek, by having all these incredibly bright young people send him their ideas. And even he has to have them checked. And when he does, he goes, oh my God, these guys are brilliant. So, so I absolutely love that. So the second part was, what do you, like, in a sentence, if yeah. you want, what, when you finally were like, all right, I'm going to watch my dad's show, what is <laughs> it that you were like, what was your impression, your takeaway, your, you know, visceral reaction? Well, I mean, first thing as a young kid, you're absolutely right. I didn't watch Star Trek. Starskin Huts, Knight Rider, Adam-12. <laughs> Um, Me too. Anything with a car, you know, Star Wait, Wars. I've seen those shows too. You might be, you might be a young Gen Xer. I'm thinking a young, young. I'm 47, so uh, I, I've enjoyed well, my you... 80s television quite a bit. So yeah, I'm like, I know these yes, shows. Yes. All right. And 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 in those shows didn't necessarily, and if they did, 
I didn't get it. They didn't necessarily talk about social situations, social issues. Some of them may have touched on it here and there. Some, a very special episode here and there, right. but by and large, the they were very The equalizer had a yeah. lot of, but the, okay, carry on. We're not talking about the equalizer. <laughs> but also, also people mature faster than others. I'll be 100% honest, guys. I mean, uh, if you speak to any of my friends, they can, they'll, they'll support this statement. I simply did not mature that fast. I was not looking at the world and what's going on. I was very privileged. I was white, in the, but there, there was my privilege in many ways. You're mm -hmm. still white, Ron, <laughs> I'm still white. convenient it's for convenient. you. <laughs> it is convenient. It is convenient. Unfortunately, in many ways it is. Um, no, not unfortunately. And, As you said the whole time, we are all in this together. That's yes, right. That's true. So yes. it's not about anyone feeling dot. I'm just throwing that out there. I know it's just a one-off joke, but seriously, because some people I think think that uh, the people of color want everyone. No, no, we want to all be in this together. As equals. I, I guess I'm saying that that white privilege thing, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sad it's still a thing and it's not a human privilege thing. Anyhow, <laughs> just sort of going back to uh, that as a young kid, I just didn't pay attention to those things. So it was much later in life when I started to watch episodes and talk to fans that I really started to appreciate it. And the episode that I always go to as it probably wasn't the first one I ever saw, but it was the first one that clicked and went, mm -hmm. oh, this is Star Trek, was Devil in the Dark. That is the, the rock monster, the Horda. The Enterprise is called in, spoiler mm -hmm. alert, and there's been this uh, <laughs> rock monster killing miners because in the future we need to mine, I guess. Yep. And they're called in to, to, to destroy it, get rid of it. And I think at first maybe they try to shoot it, but nothing happens. And then Spock has the brilliant idea of it's a life form. Let's see what it mm -hmm. wants. Let's communicate. Mm -hmm. Obviously, mm -hmm. he communicates with it. We find out it's a mother protecting its young. And you know what its young are? Yeah. The crystals we've been mining. Who's the yeah. devil in the dark? Not yep. that creature. Right. It's us. And that was, I, every time I tell that story, I get chills. And I just got them again. Because that was the mm -hmm. first time I recognized that television could, could just flip me around, smack me in the face, and make you say, look at yourself, you idiot. You're the bad guy. Yep. yep. And no, I, I love that. That is ultimate Star Trek for me. I love what you just said because it's applicable to so many things in life. Like I hear so many people talk about their breakups and that person was all wrong. And I'm like, wait, 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 wait a second. What if we, because I don't, can't control anything they do. What is my responsibility? Am right. I taking the baby crystals right. from the mama? You know, yeah. like uh, where's my part in it? And that makes me feel more empowered than sitting around going, that person was terrible. You yeah. know, it just, I think it's, what I love about your dad's quotes is they're all about empowerment of us as a, as a, as a humankind, right? Like just people, our empowerment. We are so deep into this episode, but I want to give Trent <laughs> some time. What are your Please. thoughts for the wrap up of this? I mean, honestly, this is such a great conversation. They all are. And uh, we really could go on and on. And we're very, very fortunate to have Rod for one more time. We have one last episode, Rachel. Yeah! But I could oh, keep going, guys. What? I can keep going. Luckily, we got one more. <laughs> Luckily, we got one more. <laughs> But we want to make sure that we send all of our listeners to the Roddenberry social media accounts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to watch Jason Alexander read today's quote. And we hope you'll join us again tomorrow, one last time, for Quoting Gene Roddenberry. Bye. Live long and prosper. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Quoting Gene Roddenberry. We'd love to hear your thoughts on today's quote. So tweet us. 
post us, DM us, whatever. We're at Roddenberry on Twitter and Facebook and at Roddenberry Official on Instagram. Quoting Gene Roddenberry is a Roddenberry podcast hosted by me, Rachel True. And me, Trent Venegas. Producing are Claire Kramer and Kelsey Goldberg with executive producers Trevor Roth and Rod Roddenberry. Engineering and editing are provided by Elizabeth Joy Windham. And special thanks to all those who were kind enough to read a quote and give a voice to Gene Roddenberry's everlasting words. Live long and prosper. 